1: It's that time of year, in-law season, but I'm ultra prepared with Auto Bell Car Wash. The team will have my car so clean inside and out, I'll enjoy a judgment-free ride with my in-laws. Right now, buy one super poly process wash and get one 40% off online at autobell.com.
2: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, is sponsored by AAA
0: Heating and Air. Attention homeowners: due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st, as the year 2023 starts. Customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations.
2: So, what does this mean for you, the customer? There is no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be. T- down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty, plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for
0: anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. A Heating & Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500.
2: And tell them you heard about this deal on 1075 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA
1: Air, when you need us. AAA 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by the power of Love Chevrolet. Things are good and only getting better. Love has more new Chevys on the lot than any other dealer in the Midlands. And we're ordering new vehicles every day. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J.
0: has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome. A uh, recent Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the
2: 210 range. Uh, a, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint.
1: On the home, home of, of the, the Gamecocks. Gamecocks 107.5. The game the game
3: Two minutes after 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. It's the Gamecock Central takeover hour here on 1075 the game and welcome in. Pearson Fowler, Preston Thorne, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark along shortly. a lot to get to today. Wes, uh, this is the time of year that you and Chris are actually having to work, you know, watching football. what what I do is not work. What you and Chris do. Getting scoops, talking to people, reporting. OC's on the move. Uh, the off season's like, like do you, do you feel like the football season's a respite, and then you have to like ramp up for this time of year now?
2: Yeah, well, it's it kind of never stops these days. Honestly, like it's it's pretty wild. But but yeah, it, it does ramp up the next two weeks. I uh, actually will be on my honeymoon next week, so good luck, Chris. Um, you can do my work as well. I Congratulations. guess, but. No, nah, th- this week is going to be wild, and the-, the transfer portal has only, like, amplified everything yeah. because next week um, all you know what will break loose. You-, you always had, obviously, the, you know, coaching carousel gets going and one guy leaves, so that opens up a spot for somebody else to leave and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you combine the fact there's an early signing period now, which is December, which has shifted everything with regular recruiting up, now the transfer portal window, which starts December 5th, then uh, coaches on the road recruiting plus uh, you know the coaching carousel combined with all that it uh, there's always something and you have you're gonna have guys making decisions obviously am I coming back for my senior year am I coming back for an additional COVID year for some guys am I gonna play in the bowl game we know it's more and more common for for guys not to play in the bowl game so there's gonna be a lot to track um in this next
4: month or so Wes what's happening. What's happening this week as far as coaches? What's happening in these next week, I guess, going up to championship week? What's sort of how do do their days look right now? Yeah, so um,
2: usually it used to be you would be right back on the road recruiting, I believe. Um, From what Beamer said, I think this was maybe last week or the week before, there's actually a stretch now where they're not right on the road recruiting. So... They can actually, I think it's the second, which would be this Friday, um, that is when the recruiting window to go out on the road opens again. So you'll have state championship games. You'll probably see some Gamecock coaches on the sidelines. But this is actually a pretty good week to kind of go ahead and reset. If you're Carolina, you're going to be in the office. You're probably going to be, if you're Beamer, you're going to be spending a lot of time on your staff, you know, trying to, trying to interview guys, trying to talk to guys, and trying to put yourself in a position to make this OC hire heading into that transfer portal window, Mm. which um, you know, I I think Carolina, from what I've heard, is going to be very aggressive in the portal. We saw it last year. They are, I believe, pretty uniquely situated to be one of the teams that is going to do well in the portal every year. We saw that last year. I would expect more of the same this year.
3: Um, let me, uh, the, the, the confluence of all these things is very interesting. And the timing of course is delicate. South Carolina, for those of you just tuning in, maybe missed the news yesterday. Marcus Satterfield accepting the OC job in Nebraska. Carolina's now looking for an OC. They're also going to have to have an interim OC for the bowl game, which will probably be late December, early January between now and then there's going to be a recruiting window. The recruits want to know on the offensive side of the ball, especially who their offensive coordinator is going to be. And then players that are on the current team and have to make a decision about do they transfer, do they stay, do they go pro in the case of Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, maybe even Marshawn Lloyd, guys like that. They're all going to have a decision to make. All of these things are married. So how much is South Carolina's timeline as far as finding the next OC related to that in terms of maybe having that OC work as a pitch to keep the guys? And with that, how much is keeping those guys important and maybe help helping appeal to a potential O.C. candidate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you nailed it. Like, it it all ties together. Ideally, yeah, you you want the best guy you can get as fast as possible because um, but both those things tie together. You know, I think somebody like Spencer Rattler, if I'm an O.C., and I know there's even a possibility of this guy coming back Mm -hmm. and being tied to him, that that may be, you know – Factors into my decision. The other side of it, if I'm Spencer Rattler or Juice Wells or any of those guys, I want to know who. Hey, what, what are we doing here? Who's my OC going to be? What's uh what's the the approach moving forward? um You know, with the way Rattler finished the season, you know, I, I gotta think uh, at least highly considering going ahead and making the jump to the NFL. And I don't know if he would want to. Not speaking for him, but I don't know if he wants to learn a completely different system again. Mm. Next year, but I think, you know, this is a thing where all these things are tied together. You, you ultimately want the best hire you can make. Mm-hmm. So,
3: right. And, that, and that's not going to change. Like you're not going to have Spencer Rattler g- decide to go pro and then be like, nah, we'll get someone that sucks like that. that. But Chris, let me ask it to you like this. And, and just throwing these names out, like Wes mentioned, maybe it's likely that Spencer leaves anyway, um, and, and I'll just take a name from your hot list and Garrett Riley, who maybe couldn't accept the job for a while anyway because he's going to have a college football playoff he's trying to win. But are you using Spencer Rattler to recruit Garrett Riley, or are you using Garrett Riley to recruit Spencer Rattler?
0: Well, both, just like you, like you said, all tied together.
3: But one has to happen first, right? Like it's a staring contest. It's a chicken or egg kind of deal.
0: I mean, all, <clears throat> the deadlines are all different, and, you know, it, it's also two. even though they are tied together, it's, it's two different situations. And, look, I, I think Spencer Rattler will factor that into his choice, but I think ultimately it, it, the starting point for Spencer is going to be what is his current draft stock, okay? If that's at a point where he feels good about it, good enough to leave – because, remember, the original plan for him was to be one and done here. And obviously, most of the year didn't go as envisioned on that front. But even with the last two games that he had, it's not like he's a top two-round draft pick right now. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. So it's where is his draft stock? Does he think he can improve upon that draft stock as the process goes on? And is that good enough for him to go? If it's questionable to him, then he's going to start looking at other things. You know, and so – now for Shane Beamer, and you know, you mentioned like Garrett Riley, whose timeline might be different than somebody else's because as you said, there is that looming possibility that they could make the college football playoff and that, that changes the equation. If they don't make it, that changes the equation, mm-hmm. right? Potentially for him individually. Uh for Shane Beamer, you wanna you you've got to not even want to. You you've got to get this hire right. It's a very important hire. Um and so not not that he's going to do this, but you never want your, you know, one of your main parts of hiring a guy to be. Well, he was available. Like when you, when you hear that, that's that's never good. <laughs> and so, if it becomes necessary to wait past some certain point, whatever that is, if if you know you can get the guy and that's the guy, that's the best guy, then you can do it. So it's just it's kind of hard to predict right now, how all that's going to play out, especially when we don't know, you know, who is the top candidate or the top two or three candidates. I don't know that it's taken enough shape for us to know for sure, you know, what what that is. And, I, you know, I'm I'm with Wes. I mean, the, the possibility that Spencer leaves is a distinct one, but do we know that for sure?
4: No. Yeah, I was just – this is really where it gets interesting to me because what is the potential – Trickle down or fallout—I don't know how you want to say it—from when you hire the OC, as far as the staff is concerned.
2: I mean, I—I I think that's, I think that's always something that's going to be on the table. Uh, and what, what you're asking is basically, this guy's going to want to bring in some of his own people. Um, yeah, I—I I think it's obviously going to depend on the guy. It's going to depend on who he hires, and but we talked about this yesterday off the air every coach has his guys and you know when you're at a new place it's usually a combination of these are my guys and then these are the head coach's guys and it seems like a lot of times you'll have maybe a situation where the head coach might be like hey if you're coming these guys are locked in like these are my guys we need to keep them versus hey you got you got one you got one spot you got one opening I think so. And usually it feels like, depending on the coach, O-line guys and OC guys always tend to be tied together. And you do kind of have a unique situation at South Carolina um, at that particular position right now.
4: That's exactly what I was thinking. But both of the folks who were working with the offensive line were directly connected to Marcus Satterfield, correct? Teasley, yes. mm mm-hmm. Um,
2: Chris is Atkins, or that's just more. that was more of a Beamer.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to go through Atkins. <clears throat> I mean, gosh, well, At- thirty well, something years coaching. Atkins I, wasn't I on staff. Was I'm yet. sorry
4: to cut. Sorry to cut you off. My, my fault. Atkins wasn't on staff for a majority of the year because due to whatever reason. So Teasley yeah, right. yeah. was the coach who was acting in as the OL, and he is directly it's co- connected to yep. Marcus yeah. Satterfield, right? Correct. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I thought did a really good job. Um, it was, taking over that role, that was notable improvement.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Going in and out. I guess to your point about OCs bringing guys with him, taking guys with them. What that might mean for South Carolina in terms of potential other vacancies. Obviously, right now Marcus Satterfield is the only coach on the 2022 staff that's made a decision. Is it? Is it safe to assume that just in the ever changing world of college football that carolina may have a, another position or two to fill at some point this offseason
2: yeah i mean that's that's college football and you know let, let's add, let's just go ahead and add another layer to this because there there's so many layers to it not only do you have the possibility of ocs bringing coaches what about the brand new fairly new possibility of them bring players i mean we've we see it all the time now we see guys all oh, my coaches leaving I'm out of here. Maybe they weren't quite as happy at their old spot anyway. Well, I'm going to follow coach there. Or you have situations where maybe a guy, maybe a player didn't even choose the initial school but has entered the portal um, you know, independently from that but sees, well, wow, I did really like that coach. Let's say Carolina hires, you know, Bryles or Garrett Riley or whoever, man. That was my second school when I picked. Mm. I really did like him. Let me uh, let me reach out. So a, a lot of times these portal guys end up either – or some combination of back at home or with a, someone they had a prior relationship with and maybe just for whatever reason they didn't choose that school. But I, I'll say this. I really uh, – I truly believe South Carolina is going to be well-situated to hit the portal and – I think honestly they're going to have to. Like it's going to be a, it's an important off season mm-hmm. because, I mean, look no further than than senior day. Like there were a lot of guys walking that were key contributors to this team, and then there are guys that are you know Cam Smith. I, I think the assumption has been since the beginning of the year this would probably be his last at South Carolina. He has admitted as much that that was probably his last game at Williams Price two weekends ago. So you're going to have to replace some guys. Like This is not going to be a situation necessarily where you look and say, wow, they bring everybody back. I think it's going to be very important to hit the portal, but they're, they're going to hit it aggressively. I think it will be very similar to last year where they have a lot of success in the portal.
3: And an interesting back and forth like we talked about you know, between establishing the coaches that are going to be coaching those players and the players making those decisions both incoming And outgoing. So we'll continue to monitor all of it as best we can. Wes and Chris, of course, doing a great job of that on Gamecock Central. We'll have more thoughts on the OC search. And I got an interesting suggestion here from the text line, 803-404-6100. That's the Firehouse Subs text line. Also the Love Chevy phone line number, same thing there. And you can get all of us on Twitter as well, at Pearson Fowler, at Coach P Tweets, at Wes Mitchell GC, and
1: at GC Chris Clark. From the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 1075 The Game. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 the, the Game. game. 20
3: minutes after 11 o'clock, Tuesday morning, it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, and welcome back in. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris, here with you, trying to make sense out of what's going to be a fast and furious and wild and chaotic and potentially confusing offseason for South Carolina. Trying to get an OC, they have an interim OC position to fill as well, the transfer portal, the early signing period, and oh yeah, the football season's not over yet. We have all the conference championship games this weekend. That may be a factor in terms of the guys that are getting jobs
4: and not. Something just just hit me. Just hit me. Shane, when he took this job, Mm -hmm. right, he was still coaching at Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and he stayed coaching at Oklahoma, correct? Mm -hmm. Through the championship. Through the championship. Yeah, conference championship. Is Nebraska in a championship game? I'm just trying to draw – they're not playing in any play. – are they no. playing in anything meaningful?
3: Are they bowl – I don't even know what their record is. I don't think they're bowl eligible.
4: No. They're so, – are they 4-8?
3: They're so, bad. They're very bad.
4: Theoretically, the offensive coordinator here could stay through the bowl even even while taking the other job, right? That's true.
3: Yeah, has it been he, determined whether or not that's going to happen? No, he's, he's, he's not, not with
4: the program anymore. Okay. Huh. Yeah.
3: He's recruiting for Nebraska.
4: I find that very interesting.
0: I don't know if he's recruiting for Nebraska yet. Have they even officially announced that? He's got the Nebraska helmet in his Twitter banner. Yeah. I don't know if they put out a release, but regardless, um he is not on staff.
4: I find that's that okay. very interesting. In what way? Cuz there's a lot of coaches who could stay on staff. So I'm not so I don't know whether he's leaving or he was told to leave or mm-hmm. whatever, but the idea that he's not on staff, even if he has another job, I think that's very I, I insightful. think
0: Wes, tell me if I'm wrong on this. You're not. Hopefully you know. (laughs) I think you can do the whole two schools thing if you're a head coach. Ah, okay. You can't do it as an assistant, I don't think. You have to have – there's a lot of, like, recruiting exemptions. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's when you see, like, for instance, let's say South Carolina hired Coach A to be the OC uh, tomorrow. Well – Great hire. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Love his offense. The he could not coach the bowl game, right? But he could go recruit for South Carolina. Huh.
4: Okay. Okay. So it's an I, actual I think, rule. Okay. This isn't a.
0: I think that's. I think that's. The I'm case.
4: Just. I'm just exploring the possibilities here. Just yeah. testing waters. I,
3: I'm going to be very interested to see what Carolina's offense looks like in the bowl game, depending on who.
0: I I think honestly, I think you will see. Uh, it, it's not gonna j- just like you can't change the offense in the middle of the season, right? You're not going to go out there and, oh, my gosh, what is this? You know, like, it's not going to be like that. Well, they
3: kind of did for the North Carolina game.
0: A a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, there are definitely some wrinkles there. But, like, even some of those wrinkles we saw against North Carolina, we ended up seeing some Mm -hmm. this season, like the joiner package. Yeah. I think what you'll see, we don't know yet. I don't even think it's been determined behind the scenes, at least communicated, like, who is calling the plays, like, who is the guy. But I think we'll basically see kind of what we saw the past two weeks of the season, which was... The blanket s- offense. So The blanket offense yeah. and the dropper-you-know-what defense. Um, and, and that basically that just being South Carolina's offense, but a scaled-back, simplified version. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... An aggressive version. An aggressive version. No. And then who, you know, personnel. Might be some differences there, too. Well, is whoever... They haven't
3: announced it yet. I, I don't know who the interim OC is going to be. Well, that person... Have a chance to be the OC?
0: No. Okay. There's, I mean, I don't mean to be so blunt. but Shane, You should be, yeah. Shane, Shane if Beamer's, the not no, then no. Yeah, Shane Beamer's expected to make an outside hire okay. for this. All right.
3: Um. And I guess we sort of beat around the bush there with a, in the first segment just in terms of what the timeline is. D- internally, do they want it done before the transfer window opens? Do they want it done before the early signing period starts? Or does the timeline not matter as much as the individual?
2: I think this is one of those things where there are layers to it. Like timeline has to take a back seat to getting the hire right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things. Best case scenario, you'd get the right guy and you get it done fast. However, if the right guy, whoever that may be, if you're convinced hey, it's our top target, we have a real shot at him, you're probably willing to wait on him to make it happen. Especially if you think internally that there's a gap between him and the next guy um you know ideally you'd love to have him by the fifth next
4: monday but i don't know if that's realistic at all is that person already hired because we're we're having this conversation post decisions that have been made right marcus satterfield did not get hired yesterday My question was, when did Marcus Satterfield get hired to Nebraska? Hmm. Was it at the beginning of the season? Was it right after Matt Rule got fired? Did he call Marcus and was like, hey, next job I'll get, you coming with me? Uh. When do these things happen? Because we are always, no matter how much inside information we think we might have, we're always talking in review of things that have already happened. So I'm curious to what has already happened. I don't know. But y'all understand how coaching works. There, These calls have been made already. Mm-hmm. We just we just don't know. And that's what puts everybody on this side in a bad position because we're talking about things that theoretically could happen, but there are already wheels in motion. We just don't know where.
3: The wheels may have already stopped.
4: They may have already. Yes, that's no. absolutely correct. Somebody may be thinking in their mind, I'm going to be the next OC at South Carolina. But I, we don't know. I mean, I, I would bet a lot of money. That the conversations,
2: like with Rule and Satterfield or Rule and Satterfield's people, you know, some conversation had to have already taken place. Um, Now, I also truly believe it was not official until probably somewhere in that, you know, Sunday into Monday morning. Like there were still conversations being had, but, you know, the. Isn't that
3: more of a how much conversation and not if? What do it's, you mean? Like, that? that's not, hey, is Marcus Satterfield going to come join me in Nebraska? It's, am I going to pay him $700,000 or $750,000?
0: It wasn't quite that simple. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I know why it's, like, the appearance would be, it should be that simple, but it really wasn't.
4: So they played Clemson on Saturday. Marcus t- took the job on Monday. hmm That's like 36 hours. So in those thirty six hours, Matt Rule, great man, great job against Clemson. Hey, no, you have to no, think no, about. No, it? no, no okay. not, I mean, no, th- not like that, Matt. But see, here is the thing. I'm
2: sure. I'm sure you got you got your boys right. Like mm-hmm. you got your guys mm-hmm. that. Just whatever it would be, if you if you needed to make a phone call, mm-hmm. that's who you're calling. And so I I think Rule and Sat are on that level of. You know, this may have been two or three weeks ago. Like, yeah. hey, or w- when did Rule get fired? I mean, I imagine like this pos- this possibility probably opened up. Yeah, possibility. Yeah, opened up. But it's like and- it's
3: like, hey, if you and I are both single when we're forty, let's get married. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know, it's like you're gonna look out for your guys. However, did did the two weeks change mm-hmm. the possibility of Satterfield possibly returning to sure, South Carolina? Yeah, and, and, so, and, so, and so that I undoubtedly complicated. I think that's what we're talking about.
3: But if the framework was in place in like October.
0: But Rule didn't
2: know where he was going to be yet in October.
0: He figured he was going to be somewhere, right? So here's kind of how I'd I'd simplify it is going into year two, okay, the thought was even going into the season that there was a higher than not likelihood that it Mm -hmm. would be Marcus Satterfield's last year because Mm -hmm. A, South Carolina would not improve enough on offense, and they would have to make a change. Shane Mm -hmm. Beamer would. Or B, they were good on offense, and there was a good chance that he may go get another job, knowing part of that rule entered this season on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. He'd probably have a college job. But it wasn't, you know, and then when when Nebraska entered the picture as the job, that made it. but, But it was not as simple as, well, this opportunity's here, and it's, it just is, wasn't quite that simple.
3: Right. But, but if at least the seeds were sown whenever, before the season, October, just before Saturday, then you would have to expect that Carolina would have started to sow some seeds of their own.
4: Yes.
0: If that's what you're getting
4: at. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I haven't coached football, high school football in five years. There's three people right now that I know if they got a job, they would give me a call. Hmm. And that's just what it is. That's a good feeling. It is. It's a great feeling. It's, a, it's an awesome feeling for sure. But that those deals are done already. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know what – and that's why I'm just wondering how how far along in the process What is is Shane? Did he have his magic list of three or five that they always say that people keep in their back pocket? You know, you just send – you know, you send them a Christmas card and you say, man, great season. <laughs> You had uh, love what you did against Tennessee. By the way, if ever, if 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 it ever comes open, let's let's have a conversation.
2: Then, then the other layer is the agents involved, and they're they're constantly sort of for one, they're working for their guys because they know, hey, you know, hey, my guy would be interested if y'all ever have an opening here, which is sometimes just drumming up, you know, bidding wars Mm. frankly but a lot of that stuff is going on which sort of takes it it takes some of that burden off the coach's hands because it's being handled behind the scenes and then it sort of starts the process to where you have a little bit of a of a starting place that's a little bit further down the road once the the head coach gets involved so I think that's a pretty good way to kind of whittle down some of your candidates too it's kind of like well there's no point in calling this guy there is no interest, or it's mm-hmm. hey, coach, this this guy, y- you, you maybe wouldn't even believe it or know it, but this guy actually is highly interested because mm. you know ne- you never know. Here is what is fascinating about these things: you never know what coach is successful and sitting at a place that behind the scenes he is just not happy. So, you that, Great that point. That's, that's why there is always hires where people go, what. And you know, we're ultimately these are human beings. So, in some cases, you may think on message boards and Twitter, "Well, well we're an SEC school. That's an easy, uh, it's an easy hire. We're going to double his pay." Well, no, he still has a wife and a kids. They may be two years into high school. They they don't want to leave. There's all these actual personal dynamics that play into it. The other side of it, though, is you may be saying, "Oh, that guy would never leave." Maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't have full control of the offense. Maybe the guy he works for is one of these people who doesn't let him have any home life. Like, there's there's a million different variables that can go into this.
3: Hmm. A lot of tea a lot of tea leaves to read during this time of year. Uh, 803-404-6100, a lot of your thoughts rolling in here on the Firehouse Subs text line. You can get us on the phone line as well. That's the Love Chevy phone line, 803-404-6100. All of us available for you on Twitter as well. More thoughts on the OC search next.
1: Gamecocks head football coach Shane Beamer will be on the halftime show with Jay and Terry today on your home of the Gamecocks 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks 107.5 The Game.
3: 11.38, Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Wes, Chris, Preston, Pearson here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios. Appreciate you making us a part of your morning here. A lot to get to. Plenty of OC talk, transfer portals, recruits, everything kind of hinging on a couple of key decisions for Shane Beamer. And uh, I'll steal Preston's point earlier and, and set you uh, up, Wes and Chris, because you know I mentioned that this was a rare scenario where it seemed like everybody won. Matt Rule got a job. Satterfield got hired away from South Carolina, so Shane Beamer didn't, you know, not that he necessarily would have. We don't know exactly what direction they would have gone this offseason, but Shane Beamer was saved from having to make a, a tough decision. They're off the hook, as Preston put it, um, but he still has another tough decision ahead of him. So, uh, Preston and I talked about this earlier. Wes, some of the names that have been mentioned, for example, like the, the three names on the hot list that Chris published on Central yesterday, Garrett Riley, clearly established Lincoln Riley relationship. Kendall Bryles, whom South Carolina fans have been talking about for two years, um, and then somebody like Willie Korn. Does does Shane Beamer, do you think there is a specific pressure or motivation to go with somebody more established as opposed to taking a swing on someone that might be an up-and-comer but maybe has less of a resume?
2: I mean, I think every fan has their own approach to what they would like to see Beamer do if you're talking about the pressure from the fan base. Um, Ideally... I think there is an advantage to bringing in a guy who's done it before. However, I personally kind of – I like the idea of up-and-comer that's done it at a smaller level. I even think you maybe have a better chance going that direction versus, you know, going out and getting the next big-name guy that's maybe already at a big school but isn't necessarily the play caller. Mm. You know, I I won't – me, personally, I want the guy that has that has dialed him up and has been in that situation, has been in that, I mean, you're talking about a 15-second window after every single play
4: hmm.
2: that, I mean, this this isn't easy. It's not easy to be a successful play caller at the highest level when you are being fed so much information in between a play and then you have to come up with a play that, works versus what defense you think they're going to run, works with your personnel, works with down and distance, works with game flow, works with how much time is left and how much you're up or down by. I mean, it's complicated. So I, I think having a guy, even if it's at a smaller level, that has done it and has been the guy uh, is is massive. And I, I think, you know, the thing with Satterfield that I sort of thought was an issue possibly from the beginning is he came in without truly having a system that you knew for sure what they were going to do, what they wanted to be. They even talked about that publicly. They went through that first spring trying to figure out what best fit their talent. And I, I think, yes, there to an extent, you have to fit what you're going to be to your mm-hmm. talent. We all know that. But there was never just like a, hey, this is what he does. This is what he wants to do. So I personally, I'm not making the hire, obviously, but. Personally, i I would lean towards bringing in a guy who has a system, a scheme. This is what I'm tied to. This is what I do. Hmm. West, the West wants is
0: to, stumping for Bill Corn. He wants to he he wants to find the next uh, what's his name Mike Yurkic. Remember how uh, Mike Gundy hired him at Oklahoma State? Um, Didn't he, he Google did, him? He Googled him. He just he just Googled stats like NCAA category leaders at I don't even remember what level. Um, uh, because he came from. His last two stops before Oklahoma State were Shippensburg and Edinburgh. And those are <laughs> those are not Premier League teams. They sound like it. Uh, Shippens- like a Ted Lasso hire. Shippensburg. Um, and and since then he's been at Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Texas, and Penn State. He's done well for himself.
4: I'm not mad at that. That sounds very silly to make that hire, but is that that's not more silly than just hey, we went to high we went to high school together, so I'm gonna hire you. So
0: well, because you can also hire like. There are big names that you could hire for whether it's a position coach or a coordinator, and we've seen that he, even here before. And you're like, well, this guy's been to this place. And then they get here, and the the results are not replicable. You know, it's not replicated here. So it's much more important to find a guy that, ha- A, has been successful, and B, that you believe and or, or know would be better. You can never really know, but, but that you believe can be successful. Here, also.
4: So, if Shane Beamer was going to take the Mike Gundy route, what would each one of you want Shane Beamer to Google in order to get your offensive coordinator? So, Mike Gundy Googled (laughs) stats. What would be the thing that you would want Shane Beamer to Google to come up up with our first? He just Googled stats. No no (laughs) other context. Offensive stats. So, would it be efficiency rate what would be the thing that would be important to you all that is i know funny. Wes is googling what's Wes googling success rate <laughs> success
2: rate is important <laughs> um you know i I've, I've been i've been doing some reading um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give give me i think explosive plays like explosive play rate um would be big but also just quite simply give me the guy at any level that has put up Consistently points at a place where you go. I didn't know that's a place. (laughs) You know they have a football team, and then you then but then you dive in. All right, did he miraculously find an under the radar quarterback who was like just way better than everybody else? And I actually, in a weird way, would maybe hold that against him. Uh Mm. But you know, I'm. I'm very much in line with the let's look for the guy yeah. that nobody's heard of. Well,
3: I was trying to find it yesterday because I thought I saw this on Twitter. Maybe I completely made it up, but Will Helms tweeted out something like, you know, another year, and, and I'll say again, this guy's the best offensive coordinator in football, and it wasn't anyone that I've heard of. Um, and I'm not like – he like, Heath Klein could probably name all 10 assistant coaches for all 131 <laughs> FBS teams from memory. Uh, I'm not that guy, so maybe it's someone else that people know. But I, I do love that idea. I think I would just go for, like – I like yards per
4: carry. Okay. That's all I want. So you'll see say- seven yards a carry. <laughs> so whatever OC has the most highest yards per carry. Like, yep. Whoever has I- the best running back. I am. <laughs>
3: well, no, what, what I want is what, well, I mean, th- part of the reason that Kendall Briles is so interesting. Cause he runs the triple option at Arkansas. Like that's awesome. Or bill corn at coastal. Like they run the triple option. Like that's, the get creative. Part of it's because all season long, I felt like Carolina could have scored 40 points a game if they ran the Georgia Tech triple option with Luke Doty, Marshawn Lloyd, and Jaheim Bell. Like, that's all I wanted to see all season. So I just want to see somebody run the hell out of the
4: football. So so then when it comes up, when you have the yards per carry, when that comes up and you got your list, you know how when you're shopping for stuff, do you sort it in relevance of contracts like highest to lowest? Or since now we've got to buy this guy's contract, are you going to look for the highest guy, the lowest guy? What are you looking for here? Yelp reviews. What are we what are we doing? I don't want the highest guy. Mm-hmm. As I
3: also don't want the lowest guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll go the, the middleest guy. Right in the middle. Yeah. Maybe that's a cop out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What are you Googling?
4: Uh I think I'm gonna Google to steal Chris's thunder. I must pay him. Turnovers. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna Google turnovers, least turnovers. Which offensive coordinator had the least turnovers? Let's Google them up. It's
3: just, probably someone that runs a get, triple option. Bring them in here <laughs> for a conversation.
0: I'm uh, I'm looking at a couple things. Number one, I want to look back at the history. His quarterbacks, what kind of numbers have they put up? And if they're if they're really really good quarterbacks that you know are talented, fine. But if you if you can find a place where you got, I've never heard of that quarterback mm-hmm. or like. Is he a draftable type of guy? If your quarterback should put up really good numbers, because I'll go back to the notion of a quarterback-friendly system. Mm. Ultimately, I think that's what you got to have. I would also pay attention to third-down conversion percentage. Yeah. If you kind of look, not always, it's not like a direct causation, but I do feel like there's a correlation uh, between, if you look up teams that score the score a lot of points, they're normally pretty good on third-down because they're not getting themselves in a lot of terrible situations.
3: Um, you want a list of the best teams at third down conversion percentage this year? That's good. Oh. Washington, Michael Penix, Southern Cal, Kalen DeBoer, great offensive coach. Minnesota, yeah, let's hire one. him. <laughs> um, Florida State, Georgia, UCLA, Kansas, Utah, Central Florida, UTSA, and then we'll go LSU at number eleven, Clemson at number twelve. Interesting, Ole Miss at thirteen. So there we go. That's more than ten, but that's mostly really good offenses.
4: Also, I love that stat because. I feel like if you're converting on third down, you're probably dialing up some ball plays. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you're probably calling some stuff. How about Minnesota?
0: James Franklin firing Kirk Soraka, I think is how you pronounce his name, goes back to Minnesota, tearing it up, having a good year.
3: Hmm. Yep. There you go. 803-404-6100. Love Chevy phone line firehouse subs text line all of us on twitter uh it's award season which doesn't really mean anything but there were two notable snubs for south carolina that we all need to collectively bitch about in
1: just a minute broadcasting live from the herndon chevrolet studios this is 1075 the game stop by or shop online today and see why herndon chevrolet makes you smile it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell, on the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. couple minutes left
3: here on a Tuesday morning, it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Chris, Wes, here with you. We uh, need to complain about the Ray Guy Award and the Broyles Award listing their finalists today, but first, I've had this text sitting here for a while that I've been wanting to read and I gotta ask you guys not to try to I, I hopefully this doesn't send us off down like a, a huge rabbit hole. But uh unnamed texter says Spencer Rattler, question mark, he'll make more money as a senior next year than he would as a third string quarterback in the NFL. His his NIL valuation is like a million bucks right now.
0: But that doesn't signify what he actually is getting.
4: Okay. We just remember we talked about big tech and how <laughs> valuations. Yeah. Anybody out there, don't don't please don't.
3: But do we think he'd be on an NFL an active NFL roster this time next year.
0: Yes, really. If he got drafted, yeah. But I don't think he'd get drafted. He would get drafted. It'd be it's probably day three. Right now,
4: yeah. There's I mean, some, if you there's,
0: get
3: drafted in the sixth round, there's no guarantee to make the team. For sure, yeah, yeah. But there's
4: true. Qu- quarterbacks are scarce, yeah. and quarterbacks with that arm talent are even more scarce. No. And somebody, yeah. some in it one, it, the thing about the NFL is that it only takes one. And there's somebody out there that's probably going to be in love with his arm. They, they're they're going to watch this guy
2: spin the ball, and somebody out there, probably multiple teams, are going to be like, "Oh yeah, we'll spend a fifth or sixth round pick, and you know, continue to develop him." I think so. Hmm. I, I think he would one hundred percent be on a roster now. It, it, is he going to be drafted where he, I'm sure, envisioned and and dreamed? of uh you know when he started this whole journey uh no so i you know i think there's something to be said for that but um you know there would have to be the infrastructure in place and the donors in place to provide that money if um he was going to come back uh in that scenario You don't think
3: after beating Clemson in Tennessee like that though that he could parlay that into some dough not Well any, yeah on his end
2: yeah not but even people, close People have to do it man They have to give it
3: uh, Chris, are you more upset that Pete Limbo is not a Broyles finalist, or that Kai Kroger is not a Ray Guy
0: finalist? I, I figured you were going to ask that. I've I've run that one through in my head. You know, big Pete L- Limbo fan with what he's done. Um, but man, there there are a lot of really good coaches on that list that have had great years. Garrett Riley's one of them. So it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I get it. For Kai Kroger to not be on that list, that's the worst. That, that's
3: top punter in the SEC, second in the country. Yeah. Like, not that it should just be the top five punters in the country, like based on stats, average yards per punt or down inside the 20 or whatever, but you, that should be a guide, right? Yes. Well, I'm proud
2: to announce that in light of recent events, um, we have established the Gamecock Central Kai Kroger Best Punter in the Universe Award And the first winner is none other than Kai Kroger. So, (laughs) congrats to Kai.
3: Kai. Yeah, I mean, the awards are stupid. They don't mean anything anyway. But that's got to be aggravating. Especially Shane Beamer had to go through this all last year with Parker White, too.
0: But this is even worse than the Parker White snub. Yeah. Like I, we riot. He'll be on with Jay and the guys at 1230, right? Yep. Tune in to hear an epic rant from Beamer. Okay, good. good. I mean, surely, right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. he has it. He's teed already tweeted about up. It. He's tweeted about it. So he has yeah. it teed up. It'll be epic.
3: Yeah, these awards don't mean anything. Sidney Rice and Alshon Jeffrey never won Bolitnikoff awards. Kevin Harris didn't win the Doke Walker Award, leading the SEC in rushing.
4: Yeah, but it's like the Grammys. He's he's not even. We're saying he's not even Grammy nominated. Right. Well, that's that's come on. That's the, yeah, he didn't
0: make like the montage. <laughs> <to> the <laughs> yeah, video you know, his name's not going to be on the video. Yeah, that's, If you're
3: putting together a highlight of the best punts of the season, are you telling me you're going to do it without a Kai Kroger punt? A 63-yard bomb yeah. stopping itself at the two-yard line. It's going to be Stop. all
0: Rutgers punts <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> disgusting. Probably, maybe that was a volume pick. Didn't they punt a lot this year yeah, at Rutgers?
3: <laughs>
4: Winner for the most punts. Yeah. I will.
3: Surprised it wasn't Carolina, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. But uh, Anyway, uh, despicable, disgusting. We might have an official statement from the Ray Guy Foundation tomorrow, potentially. There's your tease. That's all we have time for today. Appreciate you listening. As always, halftime shows coming up next. And as Chris mentioned, don't forget, Shane Beamer coming up just about 30 minutes.